Welcome, everyone, to WFR's Marriage Podcast, a conversation about marriage for marriage. My name is Trey, and your name is? Anna, his wife. It's (laughs) it's good to be back. I know, um, you know, our house kind of got hit with COVID, and so we've been out for a few weeks. Jeremy and Kim also got hit Mm -hmm. uh, with COVID. Of course, Jonathan and Tara have been busy just moving and different things, so we've actually uh, not been in this booth for uh, about three or four weeks. So (laughs) it really is good. Uh, to be back, and I'm excited and encouraged about our topic uh, tonight. And uh, one of the things that I wish we would have had, babe, one of the things I wish we would have known early in our marriage is that there are warning signs that things are off track. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if someone would have told me, if you see these things uh, in your marriage, if you see these things going on, it's a pretty good indication that your marriage is potentially headed towards a dangerous area. So most married couples wait too long before they realize it and before they reach out for help. Mm-hmm. And so problems that may have been solved in a moment become massive blowouts and that can cause great harm uh, for your marriage. So just think about the couples that you know that are married and, and having fun and just think what are they doing right? You know, how do they handle Uh, the difficult seasons that all relationships experience. And so what mindset do they have towards each other? And I think, for one, they realize that great marriages don't just happen by accident. They're a learned skill that requires just constant maintenance and care. Imagine that uh, I handed you the keys to the new Bronco that uh, you you want, and probably I want too. And I told you that that would be your only ride for, you know, the next 15 years or whatever. How would you take care of that car? Oh, I mean, I would baby it. I would make sure. (laughs) Would you check the oil and do maintenance (laughs) on it? Absolutely. Hey, that's the key to keeping a car lasting and running for years and years and years is change the oil. Make, you know, get things fixed while they're little problems don't wait till they're big problems right so of course of course we would so i thought uh tonight we would talk about a a few of those critical warning signs that may help a marriage and not just know uh, what they are but actually some some actions that we could do uh when those things are kind of highlighted in our marriage and just so things don't spiral out of control you know and become Mm -hmm. uh monstrous things in, in our marriage and so some of them Maybe playing out right in front of you uh, now, and, and either you're too busy or too oblivious to realize your marriage is in trouble and uh, might be on the faster track to uh, facing some big issues. And so this isn't uh, to say that if you see yourself in many of the things that we mentioned on this podcast that your marriage is already there, but these things do represent uh, years of experience from us and, and our marriage and uh, years of helping uh, other couples. So these are areas that, that you should be alarmed about. So this, this, the first step, I think, is to recognize and then uh, just taking steps to work together with your spouse uh, to, to, to fixing those. So looking back, I realize now that there were red flags uh, in our marriage uh, staring us right in the face, and uh, we were just oblivious to it. Mm-hmm. So how many of these things, these warning signs, can you spot in your marriage? Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, a lot of times we just, sometimes you might even recognize them, but they seem so small and like they're really not that important. They're not that big a deal. And I, it's easier to really just kind of ignore them instead of face them and deal with them. Um, and so, but that's, I think that was our biggest mistake in our marriage was just like, eh, I mean, yeah, that's probably not a good thing, but it's not that big of a deal. So I don't want to deal with that. Um, 
uh, that issue because it might take some hard work or, right. you know. That's a good point. Or whatever. So it, And I'll, I like to just reiterate, too, like if you see some of the things we talk about tonight in your marriage or those flags, it does not mean, just reiterate what Trey said, it does not mean that that's it, your marriage is doomed and it's like it's going to be a really bad thing. But the point of to this podcast is to be proactive. Don't wait till it all hits the fan and it's fallen to pieces and it's a big ordeal. Mm-hmm. Problems and issues are going to happen in every marriage. It's how we handle them and when we handle them that that helps the uh, how things turn out, how things go. Yeah, so that's a good point. If you see some of these red flags on your marriage, it doesn't necessarily mean that things are a disaster. It just means that these warning signs are there and that they need to be addressed. There's no need to necessarily just uh, freak out and, and think, think things are horrible. Uh, but uh, so... Let's talk about some of these critical areas. By the way, before we start, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, that had COVID, as you could tell, there was a cough that that we still had. So just uh, give us some grace uh, with that, if you would. So, So let's talk about some of these critical areas that we should be alarmed of and why they're dangerous and then maybe how we can uh, deal with some of these moving forward. So the first one, I think, and we can kind of kind of go back and forth on these, babe. Uh, the first one, uh, you don't want to spend time together. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be the first one. You, you know, I, I can remember when uh, we were not in a good place. There were days when I was at work when I just I would rather stay at work than than come home. Uh, I didn't really look forward to coming home at those in those times. Of course, now I can't wait to get home. But uh, I think that's a, definitely a red flag. You, you don't really want to spend time together. Mm-hmm. Avoiding each other all the time, um, which probably comes to that the um what i was saying earlier it's sometimes easier just to avoid it not face the issues or deal with them you know another one and this is something that we definitely started doing is we quit fighting we didn't fight at all about anything and you would think well that's a good thing right you're not fighting anymore like that's what everybody wants but the reason we weren't fighting wasn't because we were in a healthy place in fact it was one of the biggest telltale signs that we were horribly unhealthy because we just didn't care anymore we had no passion we didn't want to like i kind of went to my own world whatever i really don't care what you're doing because if i don't care it doesn't hurt and so then we didn't bite because right. I didn't care. You didn't care anymore because we were just tired of fighting, so we just quit fighting. That does not mean that you have a healthy marriage just because you don't fight anymore. In fact, so if you are thinking we never fight anymore, you also probably, if you're not, if you're not fighting because you're working through all your problems and you're having conflict is one, one thing. You're conflicting, but they're not turning into big blow-ups. That's not mm. what we're talking about. If you never argue about anything or disagree, you might need to check and see, like, do I even care anymore? Is it because I just don't care? And that's not, that's a huge warning sign. Yeah, I know. Uh, since we've experienced that in our marriage, when I hear couples say, well, we, we never fight anymore, uh, to me, that's the red flag that goes up because apparently there's no emotional energy left mm-hmm. to even deal with things when uh, they come up. So that's that's another one there. Uh, the, uh, here's one. Uh, there's no sex or maybe even uh, very little 
Now, I know there's things like medical issues where uh, that's not possible, uh, but still, the whole goal of marriage is to be one flesh. It's it's oneness, and if you're not having sex, uh, you, you can't be one. Uh, it's not just... Uh, emotional intimacy is not just spiritual intimacy. It's physical intimacy as well. You have to have all three of those to uh, steadily be becoming one. So if there's no sex in your marriage, you're, you're definitely not pursuing oneness. And that's uh, a flag of many things mm-hmm. uh, that could be going on in the marriage. Yeah, because I, I think, you know, sex takes work, too, especially once you've been married for years and yeah. years. and. It it takes energy. You've got kids. You've got work. You're tired, and you think, oh, I mean, I physically just don't got it to put any effort in that area. Surely it's no big deal. Well, where does that God created us to connect that way? That is one. Of, it's not the only way, and it's not the thing, but right. it is one of those things right. that. comes into play for all the other, for the spiritual connection, for the emotional um, connection. It takes all of those things together, and it takes effort. Yeah, it's the the trinity of oneness is what I call it, you know, emotional, physical, and spiritual intimacy. And And I I do think about the verse where he, he says, you know, about sex to married couples, for there is a time for a time to not have sex. But it's because you're spending time devoted in prayer right? Um, during that time. And then he tells he tells us, but then be sure that you come back together. Yeah, yeah. It says uh, to, to do not deprive each other except by mutual consent. Right. Uh, you know, if you're taking a break to pray, that's, that's great. You're taking a break to be closer to God. But mm-hmm. uh, I've never heard anyone say that, you know, that they're taking a break from sex because they're praying. But uh, that is the point there with mm-hmm. that uh, scripture. So then another one is there's no community or refusing to go for help. This is, we had, we definitely in our marriage, we had pulled out of community. And when I say community, we still showed up. We were actively going to church. Yeah. We were around people, right. but no one knew us. We yeah. were not in community with people that knew what was really going on in our life and in our marriage because we were totally living double lives. Uh, we'd show up to church. We could put our church face on, the church clothes, check all those right boxes and look like we were in a great place, but we were so far into sin during that time because we had no no other people knew what was going on. Yeah. And so now we surrounded ourselves with people who challenge us. They ask us how we're doing. They get in our business, um, and if that, and they know us so well that they will recognize Jeremy and Kim and Jonathan and Tara will make no bones about. What's going? Something seems off with y'all because mm-hmm. they know us that well, mm-hmm. and that's what we're talking about with when there's no community. And if you don't have community and you're in trouble right now, don't be so stubborn and prideful to not go find help. Ask yeah. for help. All of us need help. There are still days. There's still times. Um, we need help to get through an issue. We need help. We need a referee. We need someone to help us see each other's side because that's just life. We're human. We're flawed, and we're not going to go through right. every disagreement and conflict 
the way that we should. <laughs> right. And that's, that's another one, like Anna said, that we know from experience. So you can you can go to church and, and be there every Sunday and not be fully known uh, and not fully know other people. And that's what we're talking about, as Anna said, not being in community. That There's also this thing, babe, that happens where um, you don't want people to know uh, what's going on in your life, whether it's embarrassment or shame or, or something else. Uh, I know a lot of people that we get – in our marriage ministry on Thursday night, uh, they're from outside our area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they don't want to go to their own community to uh, seek help. And so um, I think that's another thing that you see with community. So that's that's a big one that uh, we've experienced and we've seen other couples as well. Community, if you're, if you're avoiding community, that is a red flag uh, for sure. Right? And healthy community because you can have a community – that will pull you yeah. way backwards in the wrong direction. Uh, be sure that your community is one that is going to speak truth to you, God's truth, in yeah. love. And they are going to be for your marriage, not just for you right. and not your spouse. Like, they're going to be for, for your marriage. And uh, it's basically healthy peer pressure. We all need peer pressure in our lives. Yeah. And, but it needs to be the healthy kind that's going right. to pressure us, put the heat on to move into the right direction, not right. the wrong direction. Yeah, I know um, there are some good uh, worldly advice out there, and uh, and you hear it, and it, and it sounds good. Like, yeah, that mm-hmm. that sounds good, but is it biblical? Is it truth? Right. You know, and that's what we need to determine. Who's going to tell me the truth, what I need to hear, not what I want to hear? And that's mm-hmm. that's really, really important as well. Okay, another one that we, and this one's pretty obvious, is a drug or alcohol a problem or some kind of uh, some kind of addiction uh, that's there. And a lot of times you see spouses, the spouse um, who doesn't have the addiction, you see them kind of hiding things too for just what I got finished saying because they uh, don't want to uh, expose their spouse or they don't want, want the embarrassment. But um, when you uh, are hiding addictions such as alcohol or drugs, you, you you don't think clearly. Uh, your mm-hmm. your 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 mind is altered, and so um, that's something that is uh, probably one of the biggest red flags that that mm-hmm. uh, we've seen. And I know, you know drugs hadn't necessarily been a part of our marriage, but there was a point in time when alcohol uh, mm-hmm. was was there, and uh, it was primarily to uh, drown our sorrows, so to speak. I know that's a, a poor choice of words, but uh, it's just we didn't want to deal with it. So what, what or primarily me, I said, what did I do? I turned to alcohol, not to deal with the issues uh, that were right in front of us. Drugs and alcohol, you're not in your right state of mind. Your mind is, and it doesn't even take much of either to have your mind altered. And then you're viewing everything through a lie. There's an altered reality that's not true. So you cannot make good judgments, and you did relationally, especially, um, for sure. Right. Um, the next one is you won't forgive because you've got a memory like an elephant. <laughs> you know, an elephant never forgets, and neither do humans. Um, we don't forget. Right. But we have to choose forgiveness. Um, holding on to stuff, it's only killing ourselves. I know right, we've we've right. had a whole podcast on forgiveness because it's huge. But if you are constantly, if all you can think about is everything your spouse has done wrong, if that consumes your mind, 
that's a big red flag mm-hmm. that you've got some unforgiveness that you need to deal with. And that that is on you. That's not on your spouse. That is on you. Forgiveness is on the one that needs to extend the forgiveness. If you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart, you need to seek out help. You need to seek out godly community. You need to seek out God's word and his help to be able to forgive and quit holding on to those things. That's right. You could easily move this up to the number one spot because when you don't or when you won't, forgive it the the anger that's obviously there and from the unforgiveness turns into bitterness and then from that point on since there's no unforgiveness everything that your spouse does you look at uh, in a negative way everything they do because of that bitterness um, that's there and so we have seen that one not only in our own marriage but in many many other ones and so that's definitely a red flag and something that um, you need to work towards there we'll talk about more about that in a moment so uh, the next one, and this is a this is a, a critical one as well, is lying and hiding money issues. Mm. And I know a lot of the couples that we talk to, uh, this these types of things come up where uh, they were hiding a purchase or hiding uh, some extra cash or whatever it was. And so all that does is create create distrust, and uh, it's a, it's a red flag for sure. Yeah, and you know something else is parenting issues. So we're going to disagree. There's going to be times where you disagree. So disagreeing is not the problem. It's what you do. With You have to come together. You have to figure it out. You have to figure out how to, on the things that you disagree about when it comes to your kids and how to parenting them, you've got to stick in there and figure out a solution that you can agree on. Because when it comes to kids, they need a united front, um, even on the things you disagree about you've got to compromise with each other you've got to seek outside help um this might really be one of those areas you need a referee um if you disagree a lot in parenting so um like i said you're going to disagree there's been many times where trey and i've disagreed on what we thought needed to happen more it was about how to receive we we agreed on the same end result um it was just different ways of going about doing that um and so it's figuring out how to get through those disagreements um in parenting because i can tell you right now you can let your kids your kids aren't the ones tearing you apart it's you allowing them to tear you apart because you want to start trying to get kids on your side and uh that's that's a major danger zone. You can't go yeah. behind each other's back. If one right. parent says no, something can't happen, then to be yeah. honest, and the kids pick up on no. that when they see, uh, you know, mom choosing or dad choosing the kids over the spouse, and mm-hmm. it just does uh, horrible, uh, horrible results for your marriage. And that's true, by the way, with and any. And for your kids. Right. <laughs> like you're right. damaging oh, yeah. your you're, kids. You're teaching them yeah. how to, how to uh, do their marriage when, when yeah. uh, they get there so but this is true by the way with any uh conflict so where you have the same argument over and over again whether it be um you know parenting issues financial issues or some other ongoing conflict that just mm-hmm. stays unresolved you start developing bitterness and everything that your spouse does you start looking at it in a negative light and uh, so unresolved conflicts are are high up on this list mm-hmm. uh, i would say as well yeah, do what needs to be done to work those out. So here's, there's a few more. That I'm going to tie like three of them um, together because they kind of all go together. 
if you're keeping secrets about anything, but this is going to fall into porn addiction, if you're thinking about having an affair, these three things, it's a whole nother, it's a double life. It's a secret life from your spouse or the porn might be together. That was our issue. It was together and it's wrong. It's just wrong. Right. No it's matter. adultery. Yeah. yeah. Um, no difference. So that's why they're all tied together because porn is thinking about having an affair. Right. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it is having what Jesus yeah, says. He, it he, is he having who looks an affair. At a woman has already committed adultery yeah. in his heart. So, so these things are not okay. You're one flesh. You can't hide things from each other. You've got to confess. You've got to get the stuff in the light. It's got to be exposed. Otherwise, Satan is just, you will have a continual lust for more. Right. That is what God's Word tells us. Yeah, that's true. I know one of the things that, that you and I did, of course, we hadn't done it in a couple of months. I guess we took a summer uh, break, was just talk about uh, things. And, and this was one of the topics we talked about, just making sure that uh, there's nothing hidden, there's no secrets. And uh, we would get together uh, once a week and just have talking points. And this uh, was one of them. So, yeah, so let's uh, uh, finish up by, by talking about uh, really what needs to happen when it comes to these critical areas. And so, as you already mentioned before, I want us just do not be passive or reactive mm-hmm. or overreactive, but just be uh, proactive. And uh, just uh, like I just said, you know, once a week we got together, we talked about uh, parenting issues. We, we talked about kids and scheduling and, and sexual intimacy and all the things that we just talked about. And it's such a game changer because it, it, it was us being proactive and it cut off a lot of the 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 red flags and and things that we could run into later down the road. And another thing is seek out community or the services of a biblical counselor. Be careful who you go to on that because, as we already said, you can get some good worldly advice that's not so good after all. If it's not based on God's word and his truth, it's going to lead you in the wrong direction. So that's the next thing. Seek out God's word and his truth about every situation that you're in. He, right. All the answers are in his in His word. Yeah, that's good. Not only do you want to seek out a godly community who's going to tell you the truth, but you want to seek it out for yourself. And that means reading your Bible, praying, and asking God uh, for wisdom about what's really uh, the truth. And so uh, that's um, a priority as well. And of course, uh, prayer uh, is uh, something I think we always kind of put on the back burner, but it's vital that not only you pray with each other, but also that you uh, pray and uh, just ask God uh, again for, for clarity. Yeah. Ask him to open your eyes to your part. Um, Cause that's something else you need to do in all of these things. Admit your part, mm-hmm. get honest with yourself and ask God in that prayer, ask him to help you get honest, to see yourself, to be able to see your part. Because if, if we don't ever look for our part, there can never be true healing in any relationship. Each right. person truly needs to own their part. Um, and that's that goes for life in general, not just marriage. Like, But we need to grow up and be able to admit our, our wrongs and change them. Like, be different, and to be different and do something different, we have to realize and admit what needs to change about ourselves, not about the other person. Yeah. And the last thing I would say is um, to forgive. And that's easy to say, but it's awfully um, hard to do. 
Uh, but it can be done because I know you and I have for, forgiven each other for some mm-hmm. very um, heinous things and uh, very hurtful things where we really um, hurt each other uh, mm-hmm. more than uh, anybody else could hurt uh, us. And so our priority would be just to work towards forgiveness. Uh, and I know a lot of times there are some things that we think with forgiveness that aren't true. Like, you know, if I forgive, well, they're just going to do it again. You mm-hmm. know? Or, um, you know, maybe if I forgive... You know, they'll think I'm, I'm I'm minimizing what they've done to me. And so, again, you want to seek out godly community uh, to help you to work through that process as well. Anything to add, babe? Hit a lot of warning signs, guys. Just know if there's something seems off in your relationship, in your marriage, your marriage is worth fighting for. Find out what is it that I need to do. What are the warning signs there that God gives them to us? Just like physically, we have warning signs to let us know we're sick and something needs to be done to fix it. It's the same in your marriage. Don't overlook things. Figure out, like, do the work. Put, put, go all in. This is your partner for life. It's, it's a gift from God that he designed for us to not be a ball and chain, but to really enjoy each other and to have life to the full. That's why Jesus came. That's what he came for. But we've got to do our part um, in that and, and do the work, do whatever it will take to experience that, experience that full life in the midst of all of the struggles that we're going to have in this world. That's so good. So, yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. I don't assume every little thing is a red flag or that it's going to be disastrous. But as we've been saying, we want to be proactive uh, rather than reactive when things uh, uh, turn into uh, just huge uh, mountains in our marriage. And so a great verse for us to close on is love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on, on it separates close friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a great uh, way for us to end. And I want to thank you uh, for listening to WFR's Marriage Podcast. I appreciate your grace mm-hmm. and patience for uh, my cough. And uh, hopefully you can overlook that. But if you have any questions or comments concerning any of our podcasts, feel free uh, to reach out to us uh, at WFRChurch.org. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.